The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today's episode of Tables, Others and Chairs is brought to you by our sponsors, Faces Wrestling. Head over to faceswrestling.com for money off heavy metal wrestling merch. Use the code OTHERS, that's A-T-H-E-R-S, to get 20% off all Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley and Travis Banks merch. Once again, that's Faces Wrestling. What up, fam? This is LP live at your call. Hello, this is the future Prime Minister of Great Britain, Zack Sabre Jr. This is the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. Hey, this is the King of Bros, the original bro, Matt Riddle. You are listening to Tables Athers. Tables Athers. The Tables Athers. Tables Athers and Chairs. Oh, bro. Too sweet. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tables, Abbas and Chairs here on the HDM Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Abbas, and I'm coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. And today, I'm not alone. I've got a guest with me uh, from Graps and Claps Audio. It's Mr. Andrew Ogden. Hello. Hello, mate. How's it going? Not bad. Uh, just watching a documentary about um, Japan with Sue Perkins, uh, so interesting stuff. <laughs> I see. Is she any uh, new Japan or old Japan? Uh, no, she meeting some geisha girls and uh, some dirty old men, probably from stardom. I was going to say, definitely stardom or shimmer them. <laughs> <laughs> right, yo, uh, today me and Andrew, uh, we're going to go through the weekend's events. Uh, both went to two events, uh, Breed Pro Wrestling's Star Cave event, which was from an actual real-life cave, and a Progress chapter, I think it was 96, was it? It was, yeah. Chapter 96 from uh, the Ritz in Manchester. Uh, but uh, first off, I want to touch on a bit of news that happened this weekend. Uh, Wrestling Resurgence in Leicester, they held their Everything Patterned event. Uh, which was a very special event because it was uh, only people of colour were on the card. Uh, black people, Asian, mixed race. And uh, it was to highlight the fact that uh, you don't get a lot of black, uh, Asian, people of uh, colour on a lot of cards over here in the UK. They managed to get, a, I think it was a, a seven or eight match card uh, made entirely of people of colour. Uh Andrew, you go to a lot of wrestling. Do you yeah. think that, uh, not necessarily racism, but do you think that uh, people and minorities are represented well in the British wrestling community? Um, I think it's grown maybe over the last couple of years in Britrest from a wrestler standpoint. I don't think from um, a fan standpoint you don't, you don't tend to see, you know, Many ethnicities and what have you. Do you think that's mainly due to the fact that they don't have that representation in the British wrestling scene? I mean, obviously, you've got two white, straight, middle uh, English wrestling fans here that are, you know, both white podcasts, you know, your archetypical uh, British wrestling fan, white. Yeah. It's well. It's t- it's same with um same with, same with football as well. 
that it, that has a similar similar thing. Well, it, well, I would say more from the fan side than the footballer side. But no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I, don't, I can't put my finger on why not because they're just as good as um, you know a lot of the uh, wrestlers out there. Yeah, and I think it's but. <clears throat> I'm not necessarily yeah. Try that again. Not necessarily saying that a lot of the organisations out there are uh, you know inherently racist or ever. I don't think it's a case of oh well, we've already got one black wrestler or one uh, Asian wrestler on the card. We don't need another. I don't think that's the case at all. But when you do yeah. go up and down the country, primarily most of the card is white. So I think an yeah. event like this is very very important. Uh, from what I've heard, it was an absolute rip-roaring success. Uh, think Wrestle Resurgence, they're going to do a, a similar event next year. Uh, people on the card, you know, I think the main event was Rampage Brown, who, for me, is one of the absolute best in the country. Uh, he was against Roy Johnson. I think he had the Lion Kings, a tag team that me and uh, Andrew are very familiar with up here in the north of England. Uh, you had Rio. Uh, good to see her getting to more places. Uh, Daryl Allen, one of the best trainers in the UK um, RJ Singh uh, Warren Banks, plenty of uh, a mixture of, of old grizzled vets and, and young up and comers, so uh, absolutely fantastic that that was a success and let's hope that it uh, raises a bit of awareness to uh, get a few more people of colour on cards up and down the country Well, we're gonna, I was going to say it's not like um... You remember world world of sport back in the day, and you had ones like, well, overly racist, like who it now, Honey Boy Zimba. Oh Jesus! What who come like carrying a spear and? and well, if you look back at WWF and, and they had like Abba Zimba, weren't it? The uh, Ugandan giant Kamala, very uh, yeah. similar stereotype there, and ancient uh, domination. Yep, yep, exactly. And I mean, it's, it's what, 2019 now, and they've only just had their first ever WWE uh, champion of, of, of black. So it's, you know, it's a long it's time overdue. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, I'm just saying it's been a long time overdue. Um, Kofi Kingston, obviously being the first ever uh, black WWE champion, and uh, I think he held the title from WrestleMania up until October, and uh, yeah, it caused a bit of a, a bit of a stir the way he lost the title as well, losing it in about seven seconds against uh, Brock Brock Lesnar, a big white Aryan dude. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's really great stuff from Wrestle Resurgence, and uh, hopefully all them people that are on that card get to break out and work the way up the uh, British wrestling scene and, and, and get to more places. Um, yeah. Speaking of more places, a uh, place that we went on Saturday was uh, Peak Tavern, Peak Cavern even, the uh, the devil's arse in Derbyshire for uh, Breed Pro Wrestling's Star Cave events. Much uh, troubled, many hurdled, but they finally got there. It finally happened. Uh, <laughs> what were your overall views of the day? Um, interesting. That's what I have to say. Um, I mean, I got the coach from Manchester. You got the coach from Sheffield. 
and it was like a one-hour journey to like the uh, what would you say the countryside of a uh, like on the outskirts of um, Sheffield. It was in like yeah, it was in Derbyshire, weren't it? Yeah, it's Derbyshire. Um, the best way I could describe it is uh, any British listeners. Very uh, reminiscent of the uh, British soap Emmerdale Farm, and uh, for for any overseas uh, viewers, uh, maybe a little bit American werewolf in London. <laughs> Don't yeah. go on the moors. Yeah, because we were like, oh god, you'd see our walkers going up the hill, and like when we got to um, Castleton, like three pubs all look the same. Uh, there was a chippy that closed at. Four o'clock, but stopped serving about three. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was a bit American werewolf in London, weren't it? Yeah, I was uh, waiting for us to go in the pub and uh, the music to suddenly stop and everyone look around at us. And thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, made our way up that big hill to the cave. Uh, what yeah. were your initial thoughts when you saw the setup? Um, I thought initially, oh, bloody hell. This is, uh, it's different. And then you see uh, Mitch and um, some of the helpers on the day, like, lugging the sound desk up the hill. Yeah, not, <laughs> not a job like, I'd want. <laughs> not a job I'd want either, um, especially when he's got us idiots going up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once you got inside, it was just, yeah, it was an event, I would say, that you to be at. Just from yeah. like, fucking hell, it's wrestling in a cave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I think it has been done before, surprisingly. Uh, I say very ironically. In uh, Japan, I think DDT did something very similar. I don't know if that was the inspiration behind it all. But uh, yeah, I was very impressed with the setup. Uh, for you, I'm sure the uh, the most uh, relieving thing to see there was there was a bar. <laughs> Well, I don't know. At the end of the night, the most relieving thing I saw were the uh, toilet. Oh, <laughs> um, no, like seeing a bar there, and there was plenty of room to like move about. Um, the, obviously, the conditions on Saturday where like, the wrestling ring was, because it were in a cave, it was literally dripping like bits of water down. On the ring, so some of the wrestlers have got the uh, cave cave cold, as it's now probably called. Yeah, and that that, uh, that ring was uh, very uh, precariously placed on a ledge. Yeah. Uh, one yeah, side you had a set of fans, and then the opposite side you had the the abyss. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Chuck Mambo and Mike Bailey nearly went into the abyss, didn't they? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was the. Um, Six-man tag where uh, I think Brooks and Co. They didn't want to be stood on the corner that was uh, near the edge. It was a uh, pretty precarious yeah. stuff. And, yeah. uh, there, there was in fact one casualty on the day that uh, sadly is no longer with us. His old Captain Cuddles, in it. Captain Cuddles, yeah, the uh, the mascot of the uh, Club Tropicana. He was uh, thrown over the edge of the cliff by uh, the dastardly. Chief Deputy done. Uh, but like you say, uh, they had a lot of trouble getting this event on. Uh, it was supposed to be four weeks earlier due to, uh, shall we say, shenanigans and politics 
that's putting it mildly. Uh, it was set back another four weeks, which obviously meant that they lost quite a bit of talent. Uh, I think David Starr, uh, Gene Money, uh, they could no longer make the event. Uh, Martina, the session moth, she was in Japan, currently on tour. Then you had a few injuries, people like Spike Trevay, uh, suffered an um, injury at uh, Progress in the Rumble where he broke his arm. Uh, Candy Floss, uh, recovering from a, a broken toe. So, Breed uh, really were beset with a lot of problems, but uh, I think you've got to give it to them. They really did deliver on the day. It was a great occasion. Uh, I'm sure that it'll be up soon on their uh, on-demand. If you want to check it out, breedwrestling.co.uk. Uh, I think it's $4. Uh, it's around about £3.20 in English. And uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, very unique event, uh, which saw the big old main event that uh, everybody was there for, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was, well, the coronation of uh, Mr. Big Joe. Yep, Big Guns Joe. Uh, he was in the title match against the defending champion, champion since uh, day one, in fact, of Breed Pro Wrestling's inception, uh, TK Cooper, and uh, King of the Undergraps, Brady Phillips. Uh, it really was a good spectacle, I thought, this match. Yeah, um, Big big Joe, um, well, he did a dive after about five minutes, uh, sort of injured himself with the landing and then had to uh, get carted off by the officials. And then as it went on, um, he made his heroic uh, return like, to a standing ovation. And, yeah, well, he pulled it out of the bag and got the victory. Yeah. Huge pop at the end of the match, and uh, as they say in the uh, old WWE, it sent the crowd home happy. Yeah, it's it, it sent me running to my coach because it was a uh, <laughs> it it was on the minutes. Let, let's say. Aye, well that wasn't it for us this weekend. Uh, the next day, at uh, Progress Wrestling uh, up in Manchester, nice easier journey for you this time uh, from the Ritz. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good event. What about yourself? Um, mixed bag uh, from me. Uh, I enjoyed the first match, which was the uh, the young guns, Luke, uh, Jacobs and Ethan Allen, against uh, Pretty Deadly, which is uh, uh, Howley and Stoker. Remember Stoker being uh, Sammy Smooth a couple of years ago in like, IPW and PCW, but... As an opening match for two relatively new teams to progress, I thought they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yep, both of them making their uh, progress chapter debuts. Uh, Lee yeah. Jacobs, I believe, has been on a uh, <clears throat> dark match with uh, Sonna Durson, the last man just to show. Yeah. And I'm uh, fairly sure that Pretty Deadly have been on a, a, a pre-show before with uh, progress possibly at the Electric Ballroom. Uh, but as you said, for a match which was uh, two debuting teams, uh, obviously with the Young Guns being local, being Manchester-based, uh, the crowd were really into it, weren't they? Yes. Um, yeah. The, shame about the result, but um, no, I was happy the uh, Young Guns like, showed off very well in the, in front of the crowd. Um, I thought that the other two matches I enjoyed was um, obviously Car Noir and Ilya Dragunov because of the he like theatrics and yeah they're both good at pulling faces. 
<laughs> you, you know, you've been an aura to the crowd and uh, excellent matchup that one. Yeah, uh, I thought that um, Karen Wall's entrance here was absolutely fantastic. I thought the lighting, the way it, uh, it like glistened off his mask and kind yeah. of had like a disco ball effect. Yeah. That's 100% Glenn Joseph, that, isn't it? Oh, he's, he's Glenn Joseph, number one wrestler. Uh, to be fair, he's, he's rapidly becoming my number one wrestler as well. Yeah, but he, he loses every time. But I think they're doing the same thing in Riptide, aren't they? Uh, it could be a possibility. I don't think he's won a match in Riptide either. Uh, and I think next week he's uh, in the Fight Club Pro Championship Tournament opening round against Jordan Devlin. So uh, yes. that'll be an interesting match. But uh, like you say, him and Ilya Dragunov, it was a fantastic match. Uh, very hard-hitting, very theatrical as well. I'm going to say, Joe, do you think like with Karen Wah that he doesn't need the victory because he's he, obviously his ring work and like you remember him straight away. He's one of those wrestlers who, you know, throughout history, just they have the odd win here and there, but they don't need to win. Um, I'd semi-agree with that. I think it's going to become very old, very fast. If every yeah. single match he has, he loses. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with him being on a little losing streak in, in whatever company it be, uh, whether it's Progress or, or Riptide or Fight Club Pro or whatever. But I think eventually, if, if every time he's booked, he loses everywhere he is. Yeah. He's going to get labelled with that, oh, yeah, he's got a great entrance, but he never wins. He's a bit of a jobber type thing. But hopefully, like... sooner, or, sooner or later, hopefully, he'll pick up the odd victory here and there. Yeah, he's going to be like David Starr used to be a couple of years ago when I kept going to see him. He'd always look. <laughs> um, regarding Karen Wad, do you think he gives off kind of the uh, Adrian Street meets Goldust vibe? Um, definitely the Goldust vibe. You like early Goldust from uh, like 96, 97? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that. He's just got a, a presence about him. Absolutely. I, and um, with his uh, martial arts background, uh, yeah, obviously known as, uh, in a former life, black belt Tom Dawkins, he's really good at the strikes. Uh, I think he's, he's the total package. He's, he's fantastic in the ring. And he's got his character absolutely nailed down. I think if he stays fit and healthy, he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I also thought the, um, what's it, the main event, uh, excellent match, which was uh, Grizzle Young Veterans versus um, Scotty Davis and Jordan Devlin. I was a bit miffed by the finish. Um, I must have, like, turned my head at a point and, like, missed what had happened. Obviously, I would, must have been, like, Zach Gibson thinking, oh, they've won it. And then, oh, no, they've not. <laughs> but, yeah, basically what happened, there was a double-team move which uh, took out Devlin. But uh, Devlin right. kind of landed on top of uh, James Drake and, and ended up getting the pin. It was a very strange one, but I can understand yeah. that the ending might have not been to everybody's cup of tea, but I think up to that point, it was an absolutely fantastic match. The only thing that I will say is I would have liked to have seen Scotty Davis get a little bit more offense in because obviously yeah. Yeah, out, out of the four men in the ring... He's he, an on it. Yeah, he, he's the new guy, he's the up-and-comer. 
Uh, don't get me wrong, I thought when he did get in the ring, his, his kicks were absolutely superb and on point. But uh, for somebody that's called the uh, Supreme Suplex Machine, there wasn't a lot of the uh, suplex thrown. But uh, yeah. yeah, like you say, I thought it was a very, very worthy main event. And um, before the match started, I thought oh, Zach Gibson was absolutely fantastic on the microphone. Yeah, um, he hates podcasts. Uh, well, that... ca- can you blame him? Well, I, I can't. I tag him in all the time, so he must fucking hate me. <laughs> Yeah, took a nice shot at Dave Meltzer as well, didn't he? Yeah, but he, yeah, well, fair dues on that one. Yeah, that actually got quite a big cheer from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there anything on the card that you didn't particularly like? Oh, um, hmm. I thought Paul Robinson and Travis Banks were were brilliant. If I'm being if I'm being honest. Uh, Travis Banks, um, I'm a big fan of Travis Banks, but I do feel in the last couple of years, or last year and a half, he's become like, who is the real Travis Banks? Because, um, yeah, it just seems to have gone missing a bit. And I don't really get the, um, I know people started to cheer Paul Robinson, but he's still acting like the like the little, little dickhead sort of character. Um. Yeah, just just didn't rate it as a match. There were that one. Um, thought the obvious one on the card that um stood out as like even before and was TK Cooper and uh, body guy Roy Johnson. Um, nothing against TK Cooper because everywhere else is a fantastic talent, but just seems with progress, he's yeah. They do, it, it, he's another case they don't know what to do with him even though he's an excellent talent um, and body but, but body guy Johnson yeah he seems to have turned up again from somewhere um, just I think he, he has his mic skills but I'm just not a big fan of him um, From a, I think once the bell starts yeah you know, downhill from there and what else? Uh, I thought Danny Luna and Tony Storm was good um, for getting over Danny Luna as like another threat, like getting a victory over like an established star in Tony Storm. But then they all, um, I think you'll probably say about this is uh, Ginny turned up in a, a new get up as a, she's borrowed Jimmy Havoc's uh, mask and now become Ginny Havoc, which. Yeah, um, we were saying off air that we're on on Twitter earlier this week, and if they fight again, it'll be the twenty fifth time or twenty sixth time that they fought in the careers. It's like, oh god, not again. <laughs> um, well, getting back to your points, I thought that um, Travis Banks and Paul Robinson, I I quite liked it, uh, especially the ending. Um. Proteus Paul's rules are the fact that you've got to get a knockout or a submission. Uh, couldn't get him to tap out, so he knocked him out, and he knocked him out by uh, stripping the uh, mattress away and, and exposing the board and uh, doing a curb stomp and a DDT and stamping on his head on the boards. I thought, from a logical point of view, that made sense. Uh, as far as the TK Cooper and Roy Johnson match goes, 
Um, I like both of these guys, but I'll admit that, that they just didn't seem to click. Um, both of them seem just a, a little bit off the pace. Uh, out of the fact that both of them, the day before, had quite hectic days. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. Uh, Roy obviously was running that uh, Everything Pattern show, uh, Wrestle Resurgence, and he had the uh, not-so-enviable task of taking on Rampage Brown as well. So I'm sure yeah. uh, he he was pretty sore from the day before. And obviously, TK was wrestling in the cave the day before. Well, maybe it's just two guys that didn't click. I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll see both of them again in a progress ring. Uh, I will agree with you that uh, as far as the booking of TK Cooper goes in progress, uh, ever since he got that injury in America, um, he really does seem to have stagnated in progress, which is weird because everywhere else he's been, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, He's beloved in North Wrestling, up in Newcastle. Uh, He's had a great championship run at Breed. Uh, He's been doing great things in Riptide. Him and Chuck Mambo have had two excellent matches that I've seen together. Like you say, it's just a bit of a mystery why things aren't clicking for him in progress. And uh, as far as your your Tony Storm, Danny Luna thing, I I think what was interesting from that point of view was uh, that an established NXT UK person was beat. And in the match previous, uh, Paul Robinson beat Travis Banks. So, uh, interesting things going on there. As far as the uh, Ginny cosplaying as Jimmy Havoc, uh, I think the less said about that, the better. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Joel, the... Um, I say? Um, don't, don't you... I, I was saying this to a few people... Um, at weekend, do you feel with Tony Storm that she's very much in the holding area for uh, bigger NXT because she's done everything elsewhere, like NXT UK and Progress, uh, NXT UK and Progress, and like the next logical step, the uh, NXT Big Show. Yeah, uh, very much so. I can see uh, Triple H probably being a big fan of hers. Uh, they put the title on a NXT UK. Like you say, there's not much more for her to do. Whether they have her winning the title back from Kaylee Ray, I don't know. Uh, I don't really see the point in it. Um, NXT proper, as you could call it, uh, could do with freshening up a bit. It's It all just goes down to the fact that now that NXT is uh, a weekly episodic show on live TV in America instead of how it used to be where they'd uh, do blocks of recording and then have a break for a month. Does she want to move out to America? Does she want to spend that much time over there? I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's very difficult to answer. I think that she'd fit into Raw or SmackDown tomorrow, to be honest. I think she's got the look. She's good enough in the ring. Absolutely. Um, it's a difficult one. I think Tony Storm's the only person that can answer that one. Yeah. Certainly. Um, a bit of news coming out at the end of Progress. I believe it was announced at the uh, live podcast that you went to after the show. Uh, Jim Smallman, uh, one of the co-owners of Progress, and uh, the current ring announcer, uh, he announced uh, about a month ago now that he'd be stepping down from Progress Wrestling 
both as an owner and uh, ring announcer uh, at the end of the year. Chapter 100 uh, will be his last show, and uh, he's going to be replaced both as a ring announcer and in creative by Matt Richards. What do you think of that one? Um, yeah, so they did announce it at the uh, Tuesday Night Jar podcast after in the uh, Fab Cafe. Some wonderful surroundings there. Um, no, I think I, there had been rumours a couple of months ago um, from my sources about Matt possibly taking over. And yeah, no, I think it's an excellent choice. He's done it at Fight Club Pro, he's done it at Future Shock. Um, he also very, did it at um, Riptide last week. Yeah, he's well, Ted Sujin has done it. Well, he's got. Uh, experience in the field, he has his um, like the gaming convention insomnia that he does presenting with as well. Uh, quite a similar character to um, to Jim, very laid back, very personable, as um, like a whole. But, um, that, uh, well, as you know from me, Joe, like, like the um. I, I, I'm a big. I was a big fan of like Jim's like spiel at the start. You know the 20 minute opening. But as it as it's gone on in these last six months, or as it's winding down, or the last year, it has been a bit stale or like old, like the same old thing. So it has been in need of a like a freshen up. I do feel. And no, uh, I think Matt Matt Richards will be very good at it, and uh, yeah, nice bloke as well. So, now uh, good luck to him. Good luck to Lad. Yeah, and it'll be interesting from the creative point of view. Um, Matt obviously was a bit of a uh, dabbled in wrestling uh, early on in his career, and uh, I think the fact now maybe I'm clutching at straws here. Uh, the fact that Matt is uh, an adopted Northerner. Uh, maybe we'll get to see a few more people from the northern scene break into progress eventually, do you reckon? Yeah, expect Big Joe on and uh, Chris Egan. <laughs> <laughs> big, goes, big Guns Joe versus Walter. Yeah, I that's, we might that's, that. that's the That's the money match. But no, he's got a good mind for the businesses, Matt. Uh, and uh, he, he, knows, he, knows, um, he knows talent when he sees it. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I think that uh, it's got to be said that Jim's Mormon, uh, he's done a great job. You could arguably say without him, there would be no progress. I think it was him that came up with the idea, uh, pitched it to his uh, then agent, John Briley, after uh, watching, I think it was a, a PWG bowler. Uh, they went from running in a pub in front of about 200 people uh, to the electric ballroom in front of 700, uh, ended up doing tours of uh, America. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, ran Wembley, uh, ran Alexandra Palace numerous times. And, uh, you know, now they've obviously got them strong links with the WWE. Uh, I think he's done a fantastic job getting a business like that off the ground uh, to where they are now. And and obviously, uh, leaving for Pastures New, it's no secret that uh, he's an executive producer of NXT UK. Uh, he's also got a very young family. He's got a wife and a young kid. Uh, with Progress and NXT UK, doesn't get to see his family a lot. 
And uh, I think it makes sense stepping away from progress, uh, concentrating on on a job that he's always wanted with the WWE. And uh, he can spend a bit more time with his family as well. So everyone's a winner on that front. Yeah, tapings in Brentwood. Don't get it more exotic than that, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, I think we'll leave it at that point. <laughs> uh, Andrew, is there anything you would like to plug before we go? Um, yeah, you can uh, listen to my reviews as ever on uh, Graps and Claps Audio. Um, we've recently put up two reviews, one of the Breed Show. Um, we did that in the Brewdog in Manchester uh, with a couple of people, and then we did... Um, a review of the Progress show with about 22 other people. Um, very chaotic uh, show, that one. So, order, yeah. order. Yes, uh, I was doing my best John Burko impression. Um, <laughs> um, but now go and check them two episodes out and the other 50, 56 episodes on there. Um, go and follow me on Twitter at Oggypart3. Yeah, and I've also got my 10-minute ten, ten bit on the uh, British Wrestling Experience on uh, Pulse Wrestling, so um, go and check them out. Nice one, and uh, I definitely recommend checking out Graps and Claps uh, if you like wrestling, and uh, equally important, as if you like beer, uh, definitely a podcast to check out. Uh, Andrew Ogden, certainly a man that uh, knows his wrestling, and boy, oh boy, does he know his beer. <laughs> well, you don't get a figure like this, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, as always, make sure that you tune in to all the uh, programmes here on a HDM Podcast Network. Uh, RVB and Jargo, uh, Wrestling Podcast with Robin Nelson, uh, PW Hustle, and uh, Turnbuckle Talk with Big Joe and Carl. Uh, that's it for me for this week. Uh, if you go into any wrestling this weekend, have an awesome time, and I will catch you next week. Sarah. Six eyes, I got a garbage brain that's driving me insane. And I don't like a ride, so push that mess to the side. And baby, I won't care, cause baby, I don't scare. Cause I'm a reborn maggot using dream warfare.